You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Okay, I hope you guys are just as excited as I am for today's episode on Love is Blind. It is a Netflix number one out there, and we just had to jump on sharing and talking about this fascinating social experiment when it comes to love. I am joined today by guest Olivia Heyman. She is so much fun. She founded the podcast with me, and she has been watching Love is Blind as well. So we're going to be chatting about this, and I hope that for those of you who have watched it, you will just lean in extra hard. And if you haven't watched it yet, that's okay too. Olivia is going to give us a summary about it, and we'll talk out some character dynamics with you guys. I just want to preface that we know that we cannot type another person, and because these are actual people, we just want you to know we totally get that the work is hard, we're all doing it, and we're not poking fun at anybody. However, it's a fascinating social study, so we want to talk out some of these love dynamics. And then even before we get to that, I want you guys to know that um, you know we really understand that when you're doing any kinds of social experiment, it's a lot of pressure, especially national TV. And many of the characters talk about that too. So as you're listening, put on what you learned about instincts this this week with us with B. Chestnut when she was the guest, because we got to talk about um, just all the ways that even before we're together, our ancestors and the ways we present ourselves when we're dating. And, and then when we finally settle into marriage, which takes a long time, that we really might look differently by the time we get into marriage. So the cool thing about this show is they don't make anyone get married, but they're just trying to find the heart of the person that they're supposed to spend the rest of their life with. So I'm going to let, like I said, Olivia give us the rest of the basic premise, and we're going to talk out some of the characters and what their hopes and struggles and dreams are and just some of the ways they interacted are. It's It was a lot of fun to watch. I don't even normally watch shows like this because I'm always thinking about those classics that I like so much, but I just couldn't resist. Like Love on the Spectrum and like Indian Matchmaker were for me. This show is just, I mean, it was just up my alley because I love science and experimenting about love. So I'm so grateful. I love the merging of science and love. You and I know when those worlds merge, it just makes us happy. So thanks. Keep up with our deep dives on all the types. Keep up with, like I said, that really deep episode this week with B. Chestnut on conflict. And we're so grateful for you being here with us. Let's dive right in. Hey, Olivia. Thank you so much for joining me on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Hey, oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be back on. I love it. You are just such a world of wealth of wisdom when we are talking. I always do alliteration with you, (laughs) but the amazing Olivia is back and she is a wealth of info on love is blind, which is, as we were just saying, the number one Netflix series right now. So thank you, Olivia, especially for joining for this. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait this show. I was so excited for a second season after I watched the first one. I was like, this is so unique. So I'm really glad that we get to come on and talk about it from like an actual personality and marriage angle. Me too. And I was grateful because some people are season oneers, some PC people are season two. Olivia, you're a season two person, which was perfect because the reunion just came on. So we are just really in the thick of it right now as a culture. So thank you for recommending season two. I loved it. Oh my gosh. Yes, of course. It was so funny to actually see what was going to happen because you didn't know if they were going to like interject things that have happened in the world or if it was just going to be like, that didn't happen. We're in like an alternate reality and like life's good, which I'm really glad they did that because if we hear one more person talk about everything that's happened, it's going to be like, ah, too much, too much. Like, let me just have my entertainment. 
<laughs> That's true. So we want to keep this episode light and let you guys know we're being playful, but we're also delving in because it's fascinating to talk about relationships and social experiments. And I'm more attached to this one than the one they said that's coming next. Uh, that one feels like it could be a little bit more toxic for some people. And I, I wish them the best, but this one feels really pure in its intent. Can you tell us about the intent of love is blind? Just so that people who are just catching up or want to review can hear it. Yeah. Love is blind is literally exactly what the title says. Mm -hmm. So basically all of these singles come together and I believe it's 10 days they spend getting to know each other in these one-on-one settings in what they call like the pods. Mm -hmm. So you can't see the other person. You are completely talking to basically a speaker in a wall Mm -hmm. and you're getting to ask any question you want to ask to figure out who out of these people could potentially be a life partner. So the goal of the series is to get engaged and get married. Um, so like the, the finale, uh, besides the actual reunion finale finale is where the couples get married and they can either say I do or I don't, but after the 10 days or whatever it is in the pods, you decide if you want to get engaged to someone. So the whole course of this getting to know people, you're whittling it down from like several people to maybe your top three, your top two. And then from there you start dating them more and more. And obviously, yeah, the goal is to get engaged. And then from there you go and uh, go on like a little week long honeymoon. And then after that, you go into uh, an apartment and you have to go through real life with this person. Like what's their work schedule? You know, what's their family? Like they do a whole two episodes, I think on like meeting the other person's family. Then they have the bachelor or bachelorette parties and then they have the weddings. Wow. It's really packing a lot in and what is normally about two years of mating, dating, all of that good stuff, because that's how long it can take to get to know somebody. But in the show's favor, Hey, I love the heart connection overlooks, especially since I'm not a visual type, (laughs) we'll get into that later. Um, But I also really love that they got to do a lot of that work because as they stated on the show, you know, when you have a date at a restaurant, there's pauses, let me order. What do I want on the menu? And it was just straight up. We've already eaten most of the time, unless this is for ambiance. This is just heart to heart. So really cool. As Enneagram people, we're like, but wait, what about body to body? Uh, you know, they 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 were able to think together, so they were able to go head to te- head. But I love how you gave us a beautiful review because I think it sets the stage that this is a real social experiment that did work for some people, right? Absolutely, yeah. You can see. I want to say. It's been so long. I've watched season one in 2020, so it's definitely been a minute, but I think it was like two couples then and two couples now. Yeah, it was. And Lauren and Cameron from season one were just, oh my gosh, Cinderella fantasy. She's like, you're Prince Charming. He's like, you're my queen. So that story is just still living on as is another one. But like you said, season two, they've had about a year together. So we just got to see the big reveals and out of the two couples so far that have made it from season two, which one was your favorite? So yeah, you tell me. I felt like there was so much back and forth that we saw Mm. where it was like, is Jared going to go for Mallory or is he going to go for Ayana? And then it was like so quick with Nick and Danielle. And obviously they were the first engagement. It was like, boom, done. But I think the couple that showed the most growth was obviously Nick and Danielle. That was Mm. crazy. At least what we saw from the edits, because let's just put that out there. We're not seeing an eighth of the conversations they had. Mm. So like, we can't really say anything, but that one was wild. The whole time I'm like, they're together. They're not, they're together. They're not. Um, So that one was the most entertaining, but um, I love Jarrett and Ayana. I think that was, they had so many like genuine issues that couples have, like Mm. one's really extroverted, one's really introverted. So from a personality standpoint and Enneagram, I loved that one. Oh my gosh, me too. And I I think it is even hard to say favorites because they're both such beautiful couples. And when you get to see couples enjoying one another, it's like love is love. 
you know, not only is love blind sometimes, but it's just beautiful. So I'm glad that you could say that, that uh, you wanted to see a bit more investment in Jarrett and Ayana and sounds like we're going to get to, um, and that was fun seeing it on the reunion. And then also, of course, Nick and Danielle, my girls and I were rooting for them from the beginning. And my son just watched a little bit with us and he was like, Jared and Ayana are on it. Like they have to make it. So I being that person who with my six wing was like always preparing people for the worst, which is so wrong. I just need to let people enjoy their love. I was like, Jack, they might not make it. (laughs) And then he's like, dude, like, and all my kids were like, can we just let it, can we just like mom stop? (laughs) So that was funny, but my hubby doesn't really get into the show because he's such a visual type. He couldn't get past that. Do you relate to that at all? Or were you able to get in? Yeah, I I definitely uh, could not do the experiment, but (laughs) watching it is so interesting because I think a lot of times, especially as somebody who is more of an advocate for like um, getting to the root of like a really good friendship before you actually start dating, I think this experiment really opens people's eyes to the fact that having that foundation is so, so important because mm-hmm. when crap hits the fan, like you're going to need the friendship, not like the physical aspect. And yeah, so yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are maybe even re-examining their relationships and how they view dating. So in that sense, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, me too. And I think that me and you both being head types really see that appeal. And we we do the long distance, what could happen in the future, which I heard some of the people on the show doing. And honestly, I thought the show favored head types a little bit because of that. And I really liked that and heart types um, because of that. So I'd be curious what body types are thinking of the shows, the eights, nines, and ones listening, because they're scanning those five senses hard. And one of those is visual um, and doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. It's just, we're all so different. So I love that you and I did relate to the show and that we did see this could totally work because um, you know, it's not about how person looks, although we'll talk about attraction later, but anyway, back to these two couples, it sounds like uh, we were just happy for both of them. They're so sweet. And I recommend if you did not get to see these love stories, um, please watch them. Do you have a favorite moment from either of those couples that you just loved getting to hear about? Like just something that stands out to you about a cool moment you saw? You know, I think my favorite is, uh, and this is going to relate back to, back to you, but, um, I loved in the reunion for season two, how Nick and Danielle initially, when Nick goes over to Danielle's house, he's like, this girl is nuts. Like, why does she have all these freaking costumes? Like, she's like, no, I like, I love having parties. I like answering the door in like a hot dog costume. (laughs) And he's like, you're wild. Like, what are you doing? But then, and this goes back to the whole glow that you always talk about and is so cool. Now in the reunion, a year later, Danielle's like, Nick loves dressing up more than I do. Like he's dancing on tables before I am. And so you see where these couples kind of like rub off on each other. And I just thought it was really cool to actually hear about that happening because Mm -hmm. they didn't have this prolonged, I guess, uh, scenario where they were really able to like slowly, but surely this was Mm -hmm. sort of like, Hey, you're thrown in the deep end. (laughs) Yeah. And so where most couples would be, like you said, in two years, they were there in several months. And then the glow was so intense after, because even it's only been a year, but he's like totally, you know, kind of turned into her in a way and she's turned into him. And so I think that was really special to see and gave a lot of couples hope. Oh my gosh. Beams of joy all over the place for you bringing the glow in, Olivia. (laughs) I I love it. Well, thank you. And I really see that now that you mentioned that, um, I loved that costume part too. I'm like, yay. You know, like I thought they were a very six, six couple and, you know, we can't really type people, but I saw such a careful six wing five ish person. I didn't know if a five would necessarily be on the show. I read that in some of the reviews too, but, um, but I love, but don't you think Cameron is a total five? I said five or nine with Cameron from season one. Okay. Okay. Because that's where I went first. So yeah, he could be a five. Um, and social fives would maybe do this. So fives, you also chime in whether you would do this. Um, but yeah, so I thought that, you know, and then I thought she brought in a little bit more of that fun, punchy six wing seven, but even higher neuroticism. So I just love, I've noticed that with some of the shows I've talked through, like the one Hannah and I did on the notebook, there are some six, six couples out there, which is interesting because you're a six. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I I would have to be with like another counterphobic six because I think for me with like, if I do get anxious, I'm like, you can't be anxious too. Like, no, (laughs) this is going to be a disaster. So um, that's really interesting that you got six vibes from him because which ones did you get? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I didn't know from him. He seemed to really like think things through. So now that I'm hearing you say that, that makes a lot of sense, but Mm. I couldn't tell. He mentions that his family is like really big about kind of there are issues, but we're not going to address them. And Mm -hmm. so I know that a lot of nines come out of family situations like that. So I'm like, is he a nine? Um, But because it seemed like there was some like underlying anger that he wasn't really going to delve into. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I saw a lot of nine there, but um, six would definitely make a lot of sense for him. She, I could not tell. I feel like, again, this is where Mm -hmm. it sucks because the edits, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys watch um, Laguna Beach or the Hills, but Whitney Port uh, and her husband do reactions. And of course she was on the show and her husband, she met while she was filming her reality show. And so they're rewatching these, these series and he's kind of talking about it more from like the producer standpoint where he's like, this is kind of how they wanted to set it up. This is how uh, they edited it. And this is what the focus was and why they chose these clips and why they had them say this. So seeing that really opened my eyes to how editing plays a large part in producing an overall narrative. And so like, that's so important to keep in mind for everyone to realize. Yes. hundred percent. And so for me, I'm like, they made her look crazy because you know, she wasn't doing this a hundred percent of the time. Right. Um, But like, I give major props to Nick because just seeing what we saw, I would have been like, bye Danielle, like (laughs) truly, because, um, they, they obviously had like a bit of an agenda making her look a certain way. And of course they want to make these real people into characters, which what can you do? Um, but I couldn't tell in some parts, I'm like, is she a two or is she a six? Like Mm -hmm. I I felt a little bit of both from that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I went back and forth the entire series. Yeah. And I had the six, two, nine tri-type in my head with her. So I don't know exactly, but uh, soft, sweet, kind, good Samaritan vibes too out of her. And yet, like you said, twos can tend to hysteria. Sixes can, and nines can have anxiety. Um, there's so many things she talks about a past with a lot of stuffing. Um, so she could even be a body type and he could be a body type too, like you said. So what we're doing is just throwing out some ideas, but clearly the integrity they each showed, like you said, offset to be able to say like, people make mistakes. Um, his family doesn't talk about things. She's overly processing things. You know, it's, it's neat to see the blend come in because what I'm always doing with couples with Enneagram work is this month we're processing through conflict and we're trying to balance the reactive people with the logical people with the positive people. And that really makes for the best way to walk through conflict. And Wes and I were just talking about that last night on our date night, because I'm more positive and reactive than him. And he's straight logic. And one of us can appear aggressive. Me, one of us can appear cold him. But when we really lean in a little bit, we're like, you know, to be honest, we do need both perspectives. So I like that you said that. And I love that you said the edits are so important because they have an agenda they have to sell or their show gets bumped. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more with yeah. some other people. <laughs> we both know who we're going to talk about there. Okay. So we've had our favorite couple now. Um, anything else? Um, we didn't really talk much about, um, just Ayana, did you love her sweetness and how at the beginning she wasn't as into touch, but then later you got to hear her also kind of moving toward that glow with Jarrett where they're like, okay, we're going to show you just a clip of the steamy shower scene on uh, Instagram. Did you notice any of that movement? Oh my gosh. I think Ayana is like the sweetest thing. I actually was so touched. I love her adoptive parents so much. They seemed like the sweetest people and you Mm -hmm. can tell, um, I'm not going to lie. They don't look super far apart in age. Like they don't look like they could have actually been Mm -hmm. her parents. Whereas normally you kind of see that large age difference uh, with any kind of adoptive parents. And so um, I just think that's so sweet. And you can tell that she cares about what they think. And um, she has obviously had to overcome a lot of hardship and she 
does not come across as someone that's dealt with that much. And that's what Jarrett loved about her. I mean, he talked about how resilient she was. And that's one of the first things he would bring up is like, I love her because she's so resilient. Um, But Mm -hmm. I love the fact that she seems so, um, she's equally direct, but very, very warm and sweet, which is kind of a hard combo to come up with. Um, So yeah, I just, I was really excited to see where they were going to go. and I swear, I like, I knew they were going to both say I do when uh, his sweet dad was like, I'm going to officiate. And when I saw him up there, I'm like, she's not going to disappoint this man. She is going to say I do for sure. And so, <laughs> yeah, I was just really excited to see where they go. Oh my gosh. You're just making us all the feels and her laugh is just infectious and glorious yes. and her style. I liked her style right from the get go. I know some people love her with her, uh, you know, she's very creative. I think she may be a four or a one. I'm not sure, but I see that creativity and I also see that logic and the way to pull back and be strong no matter what, and not to maybe like have to delve super deep. But then I see Jarrett making it safe to delve deeper, to get closer, to get more vulnerable and intimate. So I'm just like, oh man, I don't know what he is. A two, a nine. Did you have feels for either of them? I mean, you can tell that he's got a really strong friend group. Um, you can tell <clears throat> that he he loves being out and about and like yes. <laughs> going to do fun things, even mm-hmm. on work nights, which I think both of us would be like, no, if we've got work the next day, we have to get our eight hours, man. Like that's just not going to fly. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what type would do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, a I young seven, a hundred percent, like a super right. young seven pre-kids before they burn out. So, but True. yeah, what were you thinking? Cause I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sitting here kind of thinking about it myself because I feel like male twos are really hard for me to type unless they're like very obviously mm-hmm. uh, two-ish. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't seem so much like that. I, I don't know. I feel like a nine wouldn't seem to have that much energy, but mm-hmm. he also, he did good. Like when she'd bring up conflict mm-hmm. or not, not even conflict, but when she would kind of confront him about like, Hey, this, that, or the other, mm-hmm. he would take it, absorb it. And then like, come up with a reply. So mm-hmm. there was like thoughtfulness there. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm really struggling. I would have needed to see more. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of health there. Um, and I know he made some, he, he admitted to making some mistakes with Mallory on side conversations, but, um, I think that it's, yeah, we don't have enough information, but we can see him learning. And that was my favorite thing to see about the men, because I believe that women tend to grow faster with relationships in general, and there's always exceptions, but it was really beautiful for me to see the men disarming themselves from being just visuals and really trying to set back and say, you know, let me think about that. Let me consider if I'm going to step into maturity here, which I want to, I think I'll have to make these moves. And I felt like the women in the show in general were able to stick together. And there was a bit of solidarity to say, we do deserve to be respected. And, um, it really helped the guys to be gentlemen, which I know you love the whole gentlemanly thing. So that was nice to see, huh? Yes, definitely. I feel like, man, there was a, there was a study that came out, uh, I don't know originally who did the study, but EV Magazine's a great resource. And they had an article that said uh, most Gen Zers right now, I don't want to say most, yeah. a lot, because I don't know the exact number. A lot of Gen Zers say that uh, it is more intimate to hold hands than have sex. And so um, that was like mm-hmm. eye-opening. And obviously yeah. like Gen Z kind of bleeds into millennials at a certain point. And obviously everyone there is a millennial um, or maybe yeah. they're even a, a really early Gen Zer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But either way, you know, Definitely. knowing that this is how a lot of people feel, um, seeing how the guys had developed such a deep connection for these women that... Um, you kind of like move past that, you know, you're like already so deep into it that you're not just going for the really surface level things. And so, um, and that can be for, for men or women. I'm not saying it was like just on the guys about that. Mm-hmm. Women feel the same way in the study. And so um, it yeah. was just really eye opening to kind of see things being done differently and frankly yeah. being done right. Yes. There are some truths out there and that's one of them that intimacy in other ways leads to better sexual intimacy. And in some couples is preferred. And I also liked how a lot of the men 
said, and women, you know, here's what I love for my love style. We've recently been talking about Trudy's seven love styles test. And it's nice to be able to say, you know, when we get together, these are some things that I like because I'm listening for who might match well with me on some of this. Cause we do want to find some things in common. So I was going to ask you thinking of other couple possible pairings. Did you have any other people that you had wished had made it from season two? Man, I, I don't want to like spoil it. No, it's okay. People haven't watched the reunion. Okay. I think people are making sure to watch, to listen in, or you can fast forward this next couple minutes, but yeah, I think we're ready to hear. Oh my gosh. I was like shook to death about Kyle talking Mm -hmm. about, uh, deep D it was Kyle, right? Like I'm, I'm totally, yeah, Yeah. it was. Yeah. He he wished he would have asked her to marry him. It's so bizarre. That was like left field because we did yeah. not see a single one of Deep Dean Kyle's conversations. I was shocked too. Okay. But wow. part of me was like, is he just saying that to kind of like stick up for her or did he genuinely feel that way? But I think he was, I think he was serious. I do too. And I don't know if that was coming from, I wanted love so bad on the show that I am finally finding a way to voice some courage about maybe liking somebody. And I want to pursue this in the future is where my mind went. Like, you know, we all do that. Sometimes we talk about sliding doors, moments in life. What if I would have, so I felt like that was maybe an attempt for him to say, can we talk? Um, or I don't want to miss this cool boat. Cause I see it can work. Um, and I just, I feel like a lot of investment went into coming on the show. And so you just want to get something from it. And he's like, she is a treasure. Didn't you love how everyone was like justice for deep tea, even though we want justice for everybody. I like loved seeing these people just love on her. Yeah. I think it's really special because, you know, if we're going to look at it rationally, like all of these girls were competing for these guys. I know you're right. You know? And so like for the girls to be like, Hey, you know what? We were part of an experiment. It was a wild ride. Like we still need to keep our friendships rolling because no one else is ever going to understand this other than us. And like people who did it in season one. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that they were all mature enough to be like, let's put all this other crap aside. Like we need to be there for each other because mm-hmm. like the ball's rolling and like, we're going to have to roll with it because you can't just be like, la, 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 this didn't happen. Like things wow. didn't work out for me. You genuinely have to just be there for them. And so um, yeah. it was nice that everybody still was like linking arms and being like, we went through something weird and like, yeah. we're going to stick together. Right. And yeah, I loved that too. And I love that you mentioned that about Kyle, just how to us, like you said, we didn't get to see some of those conversations, but there's still some future, um, there's love out there for all of them. We hope, because that's what they want and they, they feel made for that. So maybe even some of the couples were not thinking about, I love that you brought them up. I was thinking about, um, Shane and I know we might differ on this. I'm going to let you go first. If you want to, to chime in on anything about Shane. Oh, Shane, Shane Shane. and Natalie, Shane and Shana, Shane and anybody. Oh my gosh. Shane is just such a character. Like he is a character of himself. I know. So funny. I I guarantee you he does so well in real estate. Like that has got to be the perfect freaking thing for him. Um, I would have loved to have actually seen um, like alternate universe Shane and Shana. I think it would have been really cool. I know. Oh my gosh. I think they really would have run each other into the ground. Like that's my guess. They had like so much in the beginning. I think Mm. it would have just like Mm -hmm. gone downhill really quickly um Mm -hmm. which is where i think shane and natalie was a really interesting pairing because she's much more grounded and he's much more like fun let's go do things um but it would have been interesting to see a couple with like they both have such high energy levels what would that have looked like because we really do see the opposite attract with like one's extroverted one's introverted like Jarrett and ayana yeah what good points you bring up you're making me really question what types everybody was as far as Natalie and Shane. I really thought hard seven for Shane, as did my kids, as did you, right? I think uh, I had said, I kept going back and forth between seven and three, um, but ultimately I don't think I saw as much uh, of a three tendency in certain areas. So I'm, I'm going to go with seven, probably seven. uh, 
I don't know. He definitely went back and forth between a six wing and an eight wing. If he is a seven, because he had like some insecurities and he, okay. The interesting part, I want you to really talk about this because I'm so interested. He was so worried about like Natalie making jokes and he like took it all really personally. I'm like, Mm -hmm. she's just making a joke. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was so interested to hear if sevens typically need um if you're going to joke they need reassurance because maybe they can't Mm -hmm. differentiate like are you razzing me or are you being serious so that's where I also was like is this a three thing or is this a seven thing I'm really interested to hear well I think threes and sevens are very sensitive and so I'm not sure I can differentiate with that not knowing his truest motivation in the core he presented as a bit more seven I thought um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a three in his tri-type. And I think that we always say, at least on my podcast, threes are c- kind of the closet romantics and sensitive people that nobody realizes, but I don't think people realize that about seven and next week we're doing our deep dive on type seven. So I'm excited to reveal that, that sevens are very sensitive, but it's under a lot of protective layers. And on this show, everything was just burst open. So in a different circumstance, I don't know that he would have been so open with those layers, but like he said, they were messing with his head. Um, so I think that there's a lot of possibilities there. Um, but I just, I do really want people to know, yes, you're right. Sevens are sensitive. We have a very strong inner critic. So we have to, and then not being in touch with our hearts when somebody is kind of making fun, sometimes we, we don't know how to read it. So we have to check in and it can feel very flat once we're done overanalyzing like, oh, wow, you just, you just like trashed that, like, forget that whole (laughs) comment because you overdid it. And I was just kidding, you know? So I do think sometimes us sevens, there's nothing we can do about it. We're just not perceiving all of the nonverbals. It takes years and years and years for us to get that as, uh, I would say somebody with a bit more trauma, of course, is going to be a bit more extreme. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense. And maybe that narrows down that, yeah, he presents a lot more as a seven than a three, but there's probably, like you said, a three in his tri-type because most realtors definitely have a three in there somewhere. I've, I've come to find out, but I thought it was so right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think Natalie, she was so like, had everything planned out very future oriented in terms of like her career. Um, And she came from a family where her mom was the main provider and her dad looked after the kids. Um, I got very like one vibes from her. And we also saw a little bit of a glow moment in Mexico where Natalie, who's otherwise more reserved on the beach when they were all playing volleyball, she was like having so much fun and was getting into it kind of like Shane. And so I thought that was really cool to see. It was like, oh, look, like they're, they're learning from each other. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's giving her permission to let down and she's giving him permission to take time, which seven or three, frankly, don't feel much permission for. So I think that he was learning. This is somebody I could literally trust with my heart. And I don't think anyone more than a seven would long for somebody who would slow them down a bit. Um, and, and that's something I've had to work with my one on because he happens to be a social one, but that's where I was coming with her from the one and five kind of motif. Again, not sure if a five would want to do the show, but she had such a calm demeanor and such a just beautiful way of expressing her thoughts, uh, very careful. And so I did see that seven, but five and one both have a place at seven that that's a type that's complementary to both. So I really liked whatever she was bringing to him because I knew it was centering for him. And I knew that that was worth everything to him. Like this is everything. Whereas, as you said, would I love all the different glow pairings because I think they are more clearly to me, the, um, and I know we talked about three and eight for her. Um, they're either the jet set three, seven together, um, which I call them the jet setters. Cause they're off traveling and doing a bunch of stuff. Or I more likely thought the seven, eight love and motion pairing. And I know you thought, even if I want to see this, it might not have been as intuitive because they could burn each other out true, but the seven, eight pairings out there or families, um, sometimes they just fuel the fire. And so in good and bad ways, both they're rolling, you know, they're rolling all over town. And so that love in motion really makes me think they just would have had a different glow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think because Shana seems a lot more, um, 
sure of herself whenever she does anything. Not that Natalie doesn't, not at all. I think Natalie is very sure of herself, but Shayna is more like, I'm sure. And we're going like, she seems more action oriented versus Natalie. Who's more like, let me think it out. Let me like ruminate on it for a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been interesting. I think Shayna would have pulled Shane out of that constant. Like, what does she think? I don't know. Was that a joke? Was it not? I think that probably shows up in other areas of his life. Cause typically when you're like that in one area, you have other areas like that. And so, Mm -hmm. and I can say that as someone with a seven wing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think Shayna would have maybe been good for like growing him and growing him quickly um Mm -hmm. and the really the main issue it seemed like he had with natalie was that she was nitpicking and i put quote marks around that if you're listening because i doubt she was really like nitpicking and maybe was doing more of the one thing of like i want you to to be better like i can see that you need help in this area and instead of letting them kind of do it maybe you're kind of trying to do it for them which we all do that at some point yeah Um, yes but i think it would have been really interesting to see what do they call them? Schnatley? No, yeah. not Schnatley. No. I didn't hear that. Their ship Shane. name. Was, what was Shane and, Nat- <laughs> Shane and Natalie? I keep saying Natalie. Shane and Shana had a little oh, ship name and I don't remember what it is right now. Yeah, that's hard to even ship because they're so similar. And then there was Shake, which we'll talk about in a minute. But oh, I love that you mentioned that. Oh my gosh, you said that so well. That um, And they cleared that up in the reunion. Again, spoiler, fast forward this a minute if you haven't watched it yet. But I really liked how Natalie was able to finally, like, it was a beautiful moment for me as a marriage helper. And I know you also love just couples dynamics and I've been loving having you in the Enneagram and marriage certification course. Um, it's so beautiful to see when you see the vulnerable person say, this is how you hurt me. And then the other person trying to say, this isn't what I meant to do. I don't know if you noticed that in the reunion. Yeah, you could tell I felt so bad because Natalie was like really holding back tears. And I know um, that especially like if you're a one and you were trying to help that person, Mm -hmm. it would be gut wrenching for you to hear that like by you trying to help them and love on them, that they were like deeply hurt by that. So I can imagine going through that and being like, whoa, whoa. And so, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. but you know what? sometimes our gifts are, are a little too much. And I mean, we, we talked about that with me yesterday. <laughs> sometimes you need to like back it off a notch or two. Um, and you know what? She's going to put that into every relationship now. She's going to be like, I need to have not only pure motives, but I need to make sure that I'm presenting it in a way that isn't coming across as uh, nitpicking. And you know what? We all have to learn at some point and she learned and might not have been the way she wanted to learn, but she did. And she'll carry that with her and use it in a positive light. Huge, huge. You're right. And I think that was a great insight you had about her because it was on national TV. So it's a glaring issue for her. And we appreciate her vulnerability because any of us going on would have had a glaring issue. Um, But I really like to remember what John Gottman, the number one marriage researcher says about critiquing is that marriage masters don't do that. Marriage masters look for the good. They're scanning the environment and they have to train themselves to do this because humans survived by scanning for danger. And ones are very good at that or fives. Um, so it's important that we remember that. And then each Enneagram type has something different to learn about marriage, but that's really the one lesson is that's not helpful. John Gottman doesn't know Enneagram maybe, but he, he talks about like, we always think our critiques are going to land differently, whatever our type is. Cause we can all critique. I know I certainly can. And he's like, really people just spouses don't like to be told what you don't like about them. They want to be encouraged. And the good news is positive reinforcement, whether you're talking about rats in a rat lab or humans works. So if you start shaping a new behavior by saying, oh, I noticed you kind of did something kind of good. It helps people to do even better next time versus I noticed you did something kind of bad. Let me point that out to you. They are more likely to give up. So I loved when Shane showed her that, that he was vulnerable and you could tell he wasn't reading her nonverbals of tears. Like you and I were like, back off a little. She's really soft here. She does. She's not trying to be critiquing but then he finally was able to. And that for me was the celebration moment was I saw a bit of healing and I saw him say, okay. And then I saw some even more ownership from her going. I was also having to grow. I have many things to learn. And he was just like, you know, and it was beautiful. So I loved that so much, even if they don't get together, they did good work. Didn't they? Yeah. I actually, I was just like, 
everybody learned so much and I guarantee you they're going to have such better relationships for those that didn't get married. Mm-hmm. They're going to have incredible future relationships. Yes. Yes. Agreed because they did this vulnerable thing. Okay. So moving on to shake or not to shake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to shake. Okay. Let's shake it up. Yes. Let's shake it up. (laughs) So for those who know what we're talking about, shake was a character who had given some self labels of villain had been given labels of villain by others. We're going to give our best rounded view of shake. So (laughs) feel free to start us off there a little bit to give people a little bit of a backstory. So, of course, the show is called Love is Blind. And so I think uh, everybody, including Nick and Vanessa Lachey, uh, had this expectation that you're not supposed to consider the physical when you meet them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Nick and Vanessa, because apparently physical connection has nothing to do with a relationship not Um, (laughs) you're so so (laughs) right you're just like hey it's part of it it's part of the whole package I mean I'm like bitter over this dude like Mm -hmm. I this okay no but seriously um I want to fully address the fact that I listened to the podcast episode with Deep D and Shayna and I know that he said things behind the scenes Mm -hmm. um and I know that he said things behind the scenes when they were filming but we were not privy to those conversations. We do not know what was said. We understand that apparently he got, quote, a really good edit for the show. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. I can only go off of what I've seen. So that's what I'm judging him based. I'm not even judging him, but that's yeah. what I'm judging yeah. my, um, you know, yeah. statements based on off it. of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so long story short, Deep D and Shake had only ever dated white uh, guys and girls mm-hmm. and typically with blonde hair. So, um, you know, they both were like, I don't know, like this is a totally different type than I normally go for, but they had such a strong connection. Okay. Proving Mm -hmm. the experiment works that love is blind because they did know that they each were Indian. So it's like, they knew that going into it. So they kind of had a semblance of what they looked like. Right. Mm -hmm. So shake decided to propose because he's like, I have such a deep connection to her and I love her and I'm willing to like overlook the physical to make this work. So they end up getting engaged and initially he's like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Like, this is amazing. And then slowly, but surely throughout the series or throughout the season, he's like, I just, I don't have that. What he described as like animalistic attraction to her. Mm -hmm. And this is a struggle when, when you've experienced that before, you're going to compare everything to that. So it, it, it's definitely like a point of, of issue for him and he just starts to feel more and more like oh my gosh she reminds me of my aunt and so he's feeling this like odd familial kind of attraction he's like that but yeah he just wasn't feeling it with deep d and um so he had great things to say about her he's like her personality is amazing she's such like a good partner and Mm -hmm. it seemed like he was really willing to be like if i'm never attracted to her like maybe that's just going to be how it is like, I don't want to let this girl go because we just have such a deep connection. Yes. And so that was really beautiful to see, especially because, you know, um, they really posed him at the beginning as being like, or positioned him in the beginning as being extremely looks and, and body focused, which yeah. that probably was not the only question he asked. Like, let's just yeah. get that out of our minds. That was yeah. an edit. But, um, you know, he just wasn't attracted to her. And he, I guess, had let her know that he was struggling with that. And mm-hmm. um, so they ended up not saying I do during the wedding. Mm-hmm. And people came at him and like crucified him for the fact yeah. that he wasn't attracted to her. And I actually did a rant on this on my Instagram. And I had a girl message me and she was like, I feel the exact same way you do. It's not like the physical aspect is not a part of the relationship. If he wasn't feeling it, How sad would that have been for her, Mm. for her husband not to have been physically attracted to her? Mm -hmm. Let's look at it from that standpoint. We all deserve to be physically attracted to the person we're with, and they deserve that. They deserve to have us be attracted to them. And Mm. so obviously, Deep T ends up saying no at the wedding, and she, quote, chooses herself over choosing him. And I mean, that's good. If you you feel like this isn't going to work with this person, if we're having like a big discrepancy in our relationship, 
then yeah, it's not going to work. But looks do play a part in a relationship. And I think it's really horrible that you're going to demonize somebody for wanting to be physically attracted to their wife. That's just, that is lunacy to me. Not that looks are absolutely everything, but looks do play a big role and we need to consider that. And it's like, I just think it was so overreacted upon by everybody. I hate when somebody gets villainized like a character versus a person, but I get both sides here, which I tend to do in my field. Um, but, and I love that you have our counterphobic six perspective. I want to, you know, give every Enneagram type a chance because when we're together, we have better, uh, mindfulness about each other. So you bring in an unusual perspective as usual, and it's important to hear it. So thank you for being brave to say that. Um, and, and that's you stepping into your courage. Um, and then you did that with grace, whereas sometimes, and maybe he's not a three, but in his maybe three or narcissistic could be seven, three, sevens, twos, all these types can be a bit narcissistic ones. I mean, you name it, probably any type can put narcissism on in a different way. Eights, but he really didn't always have the grace and the poise with really good points. So I think that that was hard because there were some actually valid things we said at the beginning of this episode, we really, as thinking types know that looks are important. And then later they fade body types may stay. I really like, and I, I work with so many couples. I know many, many years into marriage, still, some of them are like, I need these smells. I need you to comb your hair. I need this and that, like they're being honest. I want to be physically attracted. And then something else that was really underplayed was that men are very visual beings and everybody knows that. And that's why there's such a big, you know, five senses world of selling lingerie or even pornography issues. Like people are visual, especially the male, if we're going to say animal, animal, you know, and I, I believe we do have uh, more developed frontal cortexes and I believe we are called to higher spiritual missions, but I also want to agree with you there that, um, for some reason they were thinking that because they signed up for love is blind, that they all truly didn't care at all about looks. And I can't speak for them, but I would doubt that that was true. Um, because I think that's kind of, like you said, a human quality. And let me go one step farther to say, being somebody in the health field, I've read books about veterinarians who have to check teeth for health and all creatures, great and small is the name of that book. It was a bestseller, but it's, it's eye opening, And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is TMI for me. Like I'm, that's not really how I work, but, but I guess I'm just reminding our listeners, or maybe they're already here with us to think, you know, we have to give grace to visual types. And especially like you said, grace to deep tea for also like, thank God she found out because that would have been a lot harder later, huh? Oh, for sure. For sure. And whether or not he was being respectful, you know, behind the scenes, because some people said that he wasn't being again, like we can't play into that because we don't know we weren't there. We didn't hear. Um, So we're just simply going off of things that we saw on the show. And I want to just reiterate that because we, we don't know, maybe look, he could be an awful person. We don't know. Anyone could have been, even like the nicest person on the show could be like a horrid person in real life. We just don't know. Um, Right. But I like was so, so irate when Vanessa Lachey was going off on him. Like, what if she was to get maimed? I'm like, what? This is not what this is about. He's simply saying like, he even said all the girls here are beautiful, but not my type. Mm-hmm. Except you, Vanessa, he said, exactly. which whole played into like why I think a lot of threes are attracted to like eight women sometimes are just strong women. So like, I was like, okay, he needs a really strong, strong woman. And she said that like, shake, that's not right. That you want me to like, you want a woman to yell at you, but I almost do think he does like for people to get a rise up. And, you know, <laughs> so I think that like, you're saying there's just so many dynamics we didn't get to see. And if I, and if you were alive, in my view, you have hope. I don't think there's anybody walking the planet who's alive without hope right now. If we're going to take it from him for growth, like no hope for growth, that's just not fair. He's a human being with a chance, just like we're human beings with a chance. But I I do understand where people were saying, oh man, like he just wasn't gracious. She felt like, I think either you or me in her spot, because it almost like sets up this branding for you. Like don't date Krista because she's maternal, you know, she's not going to be your sexy person. So I feel like I could understand that feeling branded. If I hear I'm not married, I'm ready to marry. And I'm like, Oh no. So I think that like one thing I tell threes is 
uh, you know, you often come across with really harsh language at first and you got to come back in with speaking your truth in love. And so that's maybe even what he was trying to do. Uh, and he says that is what he was trying to do, but I think we're just saying most people can't handle that. A counterphobic six might be able to handle that level of what, you know, you can relate to the three. So I could see that working even as a relationship, not you and shake, but just, you know, you with a three in that way, if they were like, Hey, I'm going to be brutally honest here. You might take it better than a different type. Does that make sense? For sure. And I, I really want to go back to what we were saying about how Vanessa's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I've been berating you this whole time. And it's like, wait a second now. To your point, I really think he might enjoy someone who would banter back and forth with him. Yeah. It's want someone Absolutely. who's going to challenge them because if you don't, yeah. they just kind of see you a little bit as a doormat. And it's like the table was like something that. like, yeah. if I push you, I want you to push back. And that shows a level of um, safety that you have with the other person that they feel comfortable enough to push back. And if you are getting out of line, maybe they want you to kind of, it's like kids that have parents that's just sort of like, let them do whatever the kid acts out in order to get a reaction from the parents. It's just like that in the situation. They want like their spouse to feel comfortable enough to be like, Hey dude, maybe pipe down a little bit or, or do you really think that's the best idea? Maybe we need to do it this way. That shows that you really care. And that shows that they feel comfortable enough with you and safe enough in the relationship in order to push back. And so I think she, I don't know what like she's on that. She assumed that it was that way. Like, it's not like, let's maybe give everybody a chance. Bright idea, Vanessa. Like, let's just, let's view the situation from more than just a look standpoint. Like you think he's Mm -hmm. concerned about looks. Mm -hmm. You're so concerned about it that you're berating him over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And let's also pull back even farther to kind of the structuralistic view and the meta narrative that this is a social experiment. And in social psychology, there's something called group effect where we can tend to demonize the one person and create a polarity. And that's not helpful. Brene Brown talks about how we're looking and scanning for danger sometimes, even when we do our Enneagram work of that's the other and it's the other is bad. And I'm going to crucify the other because they're not part of me. And what we really want to be doing is finding things that we agree on you know, and saying, here's how diplomacy is really going to be created, leaning into the one nice thing I did here out of the 10 things I didn't like. I, I like how I heard this. This gave me some hope versus villain done, shut you down. Don't ever date. You're hopeless. You're a failure in life. Like that's not cool. So I think people were triggered. We have to remember we come into these dynamics, Vanessa and others with our own counter transference. And you know about that from our class and before I'm sure just, you know, we come in with our stuff. So it's fascinating. Um, 100%, do you, 100%. Do you, yes. Do you have anything that you want to share about with regards to just life lessons that you got for marriage being not married yet, um, or just any other highlights from the show before we end today, man? Um, I think it again, like not to, not to keep bringing this up, but I think it's so important to develop that, that strong foundation as a couple before you move into dating, because like I said, when when the chips are down, you have that friendship to lean back on because, and this even kind of goes back to the last point, Yeah, you may not always like the person or yeah. you may not always be attracted to the person. We all go through ups and downs, but yeah. you're always going to have that friendship and yeah. that will never change because uh, that friendship was built upon something that didn't have to do with romance or um, how in love you were feeling with them that day. So the friendship is always there and those core values and those, those things that you really align on and Mm -hmm. agree with that is always going to be for the most part, I mean, barring some like crazy thing, that's always going to be who they are. And so um, I think it just goes to show the importance of connecting on a a mental and an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And um, then when you do bring in a physical aspect, um, it just is so much better because there is the safety built in. There's the, the mental mm-hmm. thing of like, I understand how you view situations. Yeah. Um, and that also helps you like maybe not take things as personally, or um, you're able to see more sides in a situation. And I think um, that even is what helps with the glow for a couple is like the couple, when you do have that deep friendship, the glow starts because they're opening you up to more things and you're opening them up to more things. And so that friendship becomes 
it's almost like uh, roots just growing deep because they, they become to intertwine with each other and it's so special and so unique and that will open your heart up more too. And um, I just think the way that conventional dating has gone is so far from what we see in the show of building that. And you can see that these couples were able to skip so much time by really getting to the root of what's going on, asking the deep questions. You're bringing up such a great point, girl. (laughs) You know, the glow starts with the friendship and my daughters are like, we have a sister glow. Like we have influenced each other so much as a four and a nine over here. And with my son, who's very six ish, like they have all influenced each other. And you're right. If couples start out with that friendship, they can see what do I bring? And what I noticed uh, for couples like marriage tips is being courageous to share who you really are, the the longer you have, or the more conversation, even if it's concentrated or spread out over two years, the better so that you can take time to be bold. Um, like you said, Kyle got to make this one last stand, um, but it's like, you know, he got to do it because it's him saying like, I don't want to miss this glorious opportunity on national TV to do something huge, but let's all remember in marriage, like, thank goodness we have time. Don't rush your dating. Don't rush your engagement. Don't rush your marriage. You have time to delve in, but also at the same time, don't be afraid for long. Just allow the fear to come on in. Okay. I'm acknowledging it, but I'm going to rise up against it so that I don't make a detrimental error of choosing somebody that I'm not compatible with. Right. And, and I like how you brought in the body. It has to be body. It has to be mind and it has to be heart. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why Enneagram works so interesting when you bring it into a relationship, because truly imagine if they had all the couples take an Enneagram test and they had to share their, um, their findings with the people they were dating. I guarantee Mm -hmm. you that would have whittled their dating list down so easily. I know knowing about the types, knowing, you know, would we really work together? Cause some types, they probably just would not be good in mm-hmm. a relationship together. There would be too much difference in different areas and it would just be a struggle. And so mm-hmm. I know my first question, the pods and probably your first question would have been, what's your Enneagram type? Oh yeah. Like, let's get that sorted. Enneagram show coming out, right? <laughs> we hope like, okay, no, that's ours. We coin it. Ours. <laughs> yes. No one take it. Um, or Netflix hit us up, whatever. Um, but I really do think also bringing up, like, don't be scared to bring up serious questions on the first few dates. If you're looking to get married, like these couples are, you can bring up those questions. If they run, that's obviously not the person for you. The person for you is going to meet you on that same level, whether you want to be just like super fun and random and like not ask deep questions, if that's not who you are, Mm -hmm. all good. But if you are like these couples that are truly like, I am ready to get married. I want to make steps. Ask those deep questions. Talk about kids. I know people are like terrified to be like, I want to be a mom. It's like, no, you can say that, ask those questions or, or bring up those conversations because you don't have forever and ever and ever to live. Like right. find your person, get into it, get into the nitty gritty. And the person that's for you is going to meet you there. Great advice. I love that. That's beautiful. And I'll just add one more last thing that if you're dating, understand that our instincts often, if you're an Enneagram person, you've heard us talk about the sexual, the social and the self-preserving instinct at the dating stages, those look different. And Catherine Favre has done some great work to talk about how people that are self-preserving tend to show up more sexually. People who are sexual tend to show up more social. People who are social tend to show up more self-preserving. There's a lot more permutations those can all go through. So I think the general thought here is understand that as you get to know somebody better, they will relax into who they really are. And that's why time is of essence, either in conversation or length of time. So quality, quantity, either way, make sure you get time in. And thank you so much for joining me for this fun episode, Olivia. This was fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love our little pop culture banter. <laughs> me too. We come from differing perspectives and then we sometimes find our way and and we did. <laughs> so that's great. Yes, for sure. And you always are like the kind, I love hearing you talk about other people and characters mm. because you are so kind. And I feel like, I feel like we developed a work glow. Okay. Because yes. you started opening me up to being a lot more gracious because guys, I really held back. <laughs> 
I could have said things. And I talked to Chris about that. I'm like, you know, I, I want to, I really do want to be gracious. And hearing you talk about people and, and how you'd come at situations over the year that we've worked together helped me so much mm-hmm. to look at people in situations like that. And so that was just really cool. I noticed myself viewing things different since working with you. And oh. so um, glows can happen in work too, people. Thank you. What a word. And I sixes do not give themselves enough credit. So thank you for bringing your amazing wit and intelligence to this process, bringing out the glow in these cool little ways that I'm just discovering. So that is phenomenal. And thank you for saying that about grace and you help us to bring out, Hey, let's bring out other perspectives. Let's not just get caught into the social psychology machine. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Great to see you, Olivia and everybody. Yes. Thanks for having me. Bye guys. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I'm so happy you joined us. I hope that if you haven't seen the series yet, you will watch some of it or the reunions, or you will just really decide to connect with friends and family about it, to talk out. What do you guys think are the best ways to love? What have you learned? What is your story? And of course, what are you still learning with us? So keep checking out our deep dive episodes. Keep checking out our conflict month here in March. But more than that, we have episodes on every type. We have our website, enneagramandmarriage.com, so you could get your deep dive guides on your type in marriage or your pairing guides, because we have pairing guides on every single type in relationship also. So I'm so glad we got to do this. What a fun way to jump into our weekend or wherever you're listening into your week. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.